and welcome to my hearth. Over the last few episodes we've been looking at the comedy of failure from Commedia dell'arte and we've had a look at the failed soldier, the failed lover and the failed poet. Now today we're going to look at perhaps some more contentious areas of failure and certainly the first one we're going to do is a little bit confusing so I'll take my time over it. That's why I wanted to give it its its own space so that we can have a little think about it. And that is failed priest. Now, what that suggests is someone who wants to be a religious person. And I want to clarify that more by saying, actually, it's someone who wants to be a supernatural or spiritual person they are considering otherworldly attributes and the landscape of the other. I'll give an example which a lot of people know because there's been several films about it and also it's had some high-profile people playing the part and that is Madame Arcati in Blythe Spirit. Now, she has all the trappings of spirituality because she is a kind of professional psychic or medium. What makes her funny is how she goes about it, the iconography of what she's doing. It is helped by the fact that in herself she is somewhat eccentric and that gives us the other quality of humour the bit that doesn't fit. She appears to be a normal country person. It's interesting that in the original and marvellous film that was done in the late 40s, early 50s, Margaret Rutherford, who was also known as playing Miss Marple, played her. And Margaret Rutherford has that lovely countrywoman feel about her, but the eccentricities of her mannerisms, her facial expressions, the way she holds her body, are exaggerated enough for us to find them humorous in themselves without the added layer of the spirituality. The fact that her spirit guide, as she wants to call it, is a little girl called Daphne makes it even more humorous. Judy Dench played her in the more modern film and on stage she's been played by people like Angela Lansbury. Now all of these people know the quality of stressing the eccentric. About their person there's going to be some interesting modes of dress. It might be jewellery, it might be headwear, doesn't matter what it is. So in Margaret Rutherford's case it's a rather wonderful cape that she wears while she's cycling along in the film. Now, in fact, in the play of Blythe Spirit, Madame Arcati is both successful and unsuccessful in what she does. And what's special is that we believe that she could be a successful medium or certainly a spiritual guide in some way. However, the hokum of it is questioned by the characters on stage themselves, and that adds to the humour. 
I'll give you another example because we've used it such a lot in the other episodes, and that's Dad's Army. The failed priest is the Scottish undertaker, played by Hugh Laurie marvellously, who is always saying, We're doomed, all of us. Now, the fact that his job is undertaker already connects him to the otherworldliness of spirituality because he's literally dealing with dead people. But the fact that he is obsessed with the supernatural adds to the humour. He's always looking for something frightening behind the woodshed. Ghosties and ghoulies and whatever comes up in the episodes. The failed priest always has a spooky story to tell by the fireside. They are going to have the language of the otherworldly, and it might be, in a more modern story setting, that it could be that they're elements of hippie or yoga or spiritual retreats where various rites and rituals are performed. They are going to be superstitious. They won't walk under a ladder. They won't put new shoes on the table. I am old enough to know very strongly the generation who went through the war. They were my parents' generation. And quite a few of them had various things that had happened to them in the war which affected their view of spirituality. They were not wanting to be priests, but they were very aware of the other, whatever the other was. When a character has gone through great or traumatic events, then obviously it is going to affect their world view. However, not all of them go on to be failed priest. The comic priest is as punctilious in the way that they deal with the supernatural as a real priest. Their rites, rituals and incantations will have as much meaning to them as to a real spiritual person. However, of course, they are always unsuccessful and normally clumsy or disastrous in what happens. Remember that we are dealing with comedy here, so their attempts are going to be humorous. We are not looking at horror movies here, we are looking at comedy movies. I'm sure many of you have got lovely examples of those kind of spiritual quacks which are so prevalent in great comedy. In the American sitcom Friends, the failed priest is Phoebe, and she will sing very many silly songs and have great seances or the accoutrements of a kind of Eastern spirituality about her. Now remember, although we've been talking about what appear to be male archetypes of failure, they can be feminine as well. However, there are some failed archetypes 
which are primarily female. The most famous of these is failed virgin. Now that's someone who is pretending to be innocent and easily offended by anything to do with sex, whereas in fact they are shutting the stable door after the horse has not only bolted but galloped over the fields. In The Way of the World, a great restoration comedy, Lady Wish for It, and the clue is in her name, Lady Wish for It, is desperate to have sex, but at the same time she's keeping up the appearance of being very modest. Pray, let us not be smutty. The humour is in the sadness of the fact that when she was younger, she was a great beauty, but now she is a faded rose and she's still trying desperately for that final fling at love. She is so over-made up that she is hideous to look at and can never be attractive to men again. And that, of course, is the humour of failure. There is always that element in failure that means that you can never be what you want to be. She wants to be a young, virginal girl, but she cannot be. The other side of the coin, and very often with a failure there are two sides, is obviously failed whore. And again, in especially older comedies, that tends to be a, a female archetype. You want to have many lovers, whereas in fact you've never had any. If we take the humour of comedy to extremes, of course, you could have a character who has many failures. I'm thinking of Frank Spencer in Some Mothers Do Have Him, where you could, if you analyse it in different ways, say that he is a multitude of failures. However, the main one is failed adult, and yet he is loved, he is married, he does become a father. It's his inability to recognise his limitations in that he has a go at anything and everything, and when he does, it all goes horribly wrong. From now on, it would be useful to remember the Commedia dell'arte failure archetypes and to ask yourself when you're watching something, you think, I find that character really funny. Why? Is to remember the possibility that they have a failure which you are recognising. Because remember, in Commedia dell'arte archetypes, you have to understand who the character is and why you recognise them. Hyacinth Bouquet is obviously failed poet because of her use of language, but she's also failed upper-class person when she was not born upper-class. She has all the attributes of being a lady, even though she wasn't born a lady, and that's the humour.
She didn't go to a good school. She is always trying to hide her family from all of her new friends and friendship circle. She is also married to her husband, Richard, and he does have all the natural trappings of being a gentleman. And that adds not only to her dilemma, but to the humour. Remember, the humour of the vulnerability of the character is that at some point they are going to be found out, and that adds to the pressure on them. It makes them try even harder to achieve their goal that is then proving to be their failure. When we put all of these elements together, we find that we are dealing with a very specific kind of comedy writing, which we call the comedy of manners. And that is the observation of the world around you and the people around you, and observing very closely both their mannerisms and the way they speak. As a writer, I remember things that I observe. Sometimes the best lines I've used have been overheard on a bus. A great writer of comedy has to be very good at listening to people. Now, next time, we'll consider this. And again, I'll talk about some of the great eccentrics in my family.